Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Hello and welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. This is Tom Barber, Extension Weed Scientist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today, I'm very fortunate to have Dr. Larry Steckel with me as my guest. And as many of you know, Larry is an extension weed scientist with the University of Tennessee and uh, is my counterpart across the river of whom I bounce many questions and ideas off of. So, Larry, thanks for being here and and welcome back to the uh, Weeds Are Wild podcast. Oh, yeah, Tom. Glad to be here. Good morning. So earlier you were telling me you're over, you're just right across the river from Osceola, right? You're over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not in a mile of it yeah yeah so uh we've got a site here we're we're doing research on it it's resistance level of the pigweed is is off the chart on for for oxen so we've been so working is that where we're getting years. all ours from is that what you're telling me we're getting all ours <laughs> from right there where you're at <laughs> very it, it, it's definitely a possibility but <laughs> but i think the wind blows west to east doesn't it so so maybe it's the other way. <laughs> oh okay well, i don't know nothing about that oh <laughs> uh, well larry i you know i got the opportunity to come over and be a part of your weed tour last week and i appreciate you number one inviting me to be a part of it but i thought you had some really good looking plots man you want to kind of uh, and just for our listeners if you don't know this is something that dr steckel does every year they have what they call the weed tour over at his uh, main site, I guess, at Jackson, Tennessee, there on the experiment station. And so uh, it was a really great tour, really great crowd. I was surprised, Larry. It was like 100 degrees and everybody it didn't seem to bother anybody. We had three different groups rolling through there and uh, had a lot of good stuff to look at. You want to give us kind of an update or just kind of an overview of, of what we talked about? Oh, sure, Tom. Yeah, no, you laid it out pretty well. We've been, it's, it's a tradition. It's been going on for decades. And, uh, uh, we had about 160 or so there, uh, which I thought was great considering the heat and all. Um, and I was sure glad you got to come over and participate and give you insight from what you're seeing on, on your side of the river. That helped a lot. Had a lot of good comments um, from, from the presentations you gave. Um, yeah, we, we kind of do a, a walking tour, uh, and I'm sure glad to have help from from Tom coming across the river to help help tour it because it, it can't be just all me. My God, that'd be awful. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so so that kind of split it up with, with some folks and uh had, had a lot of good had a lot of pretty showy um there some of them are showier this week i always debate on which week to have it uh whether it's this week or the week prior but we went with the week prior but uh had a lot of good things to show uh things that were working things that weren't uh, uh you know you got to see the some some of the pigweed on the station is is dicamba resistant uh, it's what I consider a moderate level. It's, it's in that two to maybe three X range, four X, um, you know, at the site I'm at now, it's, it's closer to eight. Um, and we've got another site or two uh, spread around the state that are higher, but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what works, what doesn't work. Um, unfortunately, Dicamba and 2,4-D don't work. Um, so, but, but Liberty does, and that's right now Liberty's, really going out everywhere but anyway that was some of the plots we showed uh, a lot of the fertilizer applications uh, a lot of the work we're doing on that and i know you're doing some too of, of zidua um we, yeah, we did, Larry, we're, we trying some... to, we're trying to get ours out this week and i that is definitely something i want to touch base on because that's kind of 
that's an old way of applying herbicides that we're kind of bringing back around. And it's, it's something that I think is pretty uh, unique because we have a lot of growers that, you know, are, I don't say, I won't say that they won't pull a lay-by rig through the field, but they really don't want to put a, pull a lay-by rig through the field. And so, um, you know, I think they'll do anything they've got to do to control weeds, but this is an interesting take on, on using some, a herbicide like Zidua that contains peroxisulfone that, that has high activity on our pigweed population. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and oh, kind of exactly. give the uh, kind of give us an overview of kind of how y'all are doing that. And so this is one of these deals, you know, where uh, I didn't come up with the idea. <laughs> the growers and some the registrants really come up with it. They started it in Texas a couple of years ago, just trying it and. And lo and behold, they come to us, you know, wanting to look at it. And they had some growers jump in whole hog last year. We had around 40,000 acres of cotton where Zidja was supplied via fertilizer. Uh, and it all worked really well. Um, you just, you don't get the burn with it like you do with a dual or worn over the top. Uh, you'll get a little bit of burn on the, from the fertilizer, um, you know, if the, if the foliage is a little wet or something. Um, but it's pretty transient and it's a lot less burn than what I see with it. You know, that's an analog going over the top. Um, and pyroxysulfone is just unique compared to, you know, dual and more. Uh, it, it doesn't take much water to get activated. Last year, I didn't really have any rain on our research for like eight, nine days, but we had some really heavy dews, and I think that was enough to get it activated, uh, at least to, an, uh, to a point to when we actually did get some water, it, it really worked well. And that was pretty much what I saw. Uh, walking fields that growers put on. Um, we had some growers go whole hog, do their whole crop with it uh, last year, and we're really pleased. And like you say, it's the closest thing we're going to get to a lay by <laughs> anymore. It seems like so. Um, it sure, it sure has a, a play there. And then we also were looking at prowl. Of course, that they used to do that 20, 30 years ago. Uh, looking at prowl, uh, and even the brake folks, a pedal and brake, were wanting to look at it. So we looked at it with brake as well. Break needs a lot more water to get activated. I'm not as convinced it's, it's going to be a good. Hey, Larry, I think I lost you. I don't know if you muted accidentally or what. Oh, shoot. there you are. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. Okay. You were talking about Prowl. Cut off and, oh, Prowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, we've got some Prowl research going out. We do, do have some growers putting Prowl out via fertilize. And um, and then just this is the year at the station, we actually looked at break, uh, putting it on via fertilizer. And, uh, it, you know, Zidge was, doesn't need a lot of water to get activated. Prowl needs some, and break needs a lot. So I'm not convinced break's going to work real well, apply via fertilizer, but there's only one way to find out, and that's to do the research. That's right. I, I know I agree. And I, and you, and you know what you said about, and, and I've said too about the lay by rigs, it's kind of funny, you know, that a lot of the growers in South Arkansas or Southeast Arkansas, I saw a lot of lay by bars being pulled uh, just yesterday. And yeah. uh, so there's, we've got a, you know, a little segment of growers that still do that. And I think it's great. And a lot of times those are the cleanest fields as well oh, at the end yeah, of the year. Yeah. Uh, but are. then we have some that, you know, uh, have just moved past the lay-by bars and the, and the post-direct hoods and that kind of thing for whatever reason. Uh, but I have seen more cultivators running this year, too. So I don't know <laughs> if that's just a, you know, 
uh, <laughs> part of the year that we're having and, and just the situations that we've had this year or that are going into that or what, but it, it's definitely, uh, it's been a tough year for us from a weed control standpoint overall. And so any new ideas like uh, coating fertilizer with Zidua, I think is uh, great. And like I said, you know, we're going to try to get some out today and, and look at that as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, just take an evaluation on that. So why don't we talk a little more about just, you know, Brawley on weed control and over across the river with y'all, what are you seeing this year? Is it, or, uh, I know we talk a lot about the pigweed that's resistant to the auxins. Uh, anything else big that's going on? I know that's really big and we can definitely focus on that and what to do. Yeah. But is there anything else that you've seen this year that's, uh, you know, unique? Well, the biggest call still is we can't control grass. And okay. especially in the counties that border y'all, it's, it's, it's the worst. Um, I was over around uh, Covington, so Tipton County, um, just north of Memphis, uh, two days ago looking at some fields and the jungle rice and the goose grass is just crazy uh, in some of those fields. I, one of the cotton fields I was in, uh, it looked like a hay field, all the goose grass in it. And it's just, it, again, dicamba's involved, but, uh, you know, when you when you're tank mix and round up dicamba or round up or round up clethodim dicamba, when you get the dicamba in there, uh, it, it antagonizes the grass activity and not and it's not enough to like crabgrass we're controlling sprangle tops we're controlling uh broadleaf signal grass we're controlling it's not those species but two species have really dialed into that niche it's been goosegrass and jungle rice and they've got a little bit of glyphosate resistance in the population uh but they've also just the overall population's built up tolerance to the point you get a little antagonism you're not going to control it and uh, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I've got a lot of broadleaf signal grass in my plots, but I agree with, I mean, it's not, we're doing pretty decent on the broadleaf signal grass, uh, the goose grass, like you say, and, and I don't know really how much of our population, the goose grass is, is glyphosate resistant. We do have some, but I really don't know how widespread that is. Um, and I know y'all have some of that right as well the, in the goosegrass populations. We do. Yeah. I, depending on the location, I've seen as much as 15% of it being glyphosate resistant. Okay. Sure have. Yeah. And so what do you think? I mean, I know some of it could be due to resistance. Some of it's the antagonism. What, what role do you think this dry weather and then just suppressive heat that we've had uh, over the last two weeks, uh, early this early in June, I mean, does that play in a role in our poor control as well, do you think? I, I think it is. I think it's kind of, you know, compounding the antagonism we see with dicamba. I think it's just adding a little more insult to injury there. And that's why some of these fields are just, oh, just terrible grass right now uh, in them. Uh, now, where the guys have gone out with just straight roundup clethodib and haven't had any dicamba, uh, you know, on those on that grass for a couple weeks, they're doing pretty good. Um, but if they've had dicamba on – uh, you know, over that grass within, you know, seven days, 10 days, or even worse, tank mixed, um, they're just really swinging and missing. Right. And, I, you know, and we're, we're seeing that, too, over here. Matter of fact, I've walked some, uh, a lot of soybeans the last week, and, and a lot of the problem, I mean, it's like you said with the cotton. With these beans, you couldn't hardly roll them out due to the grass or maybe volunteer rice or, or high, you know, off-type rice that's coming up. And so between barnyard grass and, and volunteer rice and a lot of our beans, uh, I mean, that's our main weed. 
And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's our recommendation as well. It's just, this, you know, for Arkansas, we're not supposed to tank mixed glyphosate and dicamba anyway, but for controlling barnyard grass, volunteer rice, your, you know, jungle rice that you're talking about or goose grass. I mean, I really think just keeping Roundup and Clethodum is as a separate application is the way to go. And, uh, we always get a lot of reports with Roundup by itself not working, and then we'll do a bunch of sampling, and then we don't find any resistance or, or reason why we're not getting good activity in the field. But, you know, one key uh, factor every year is it seems to be we get those calls when we get these high temps spiking up and, and have, yeah. you know, dry weather periods. So. Yeah, and I don't know what you think. i starting to get the calls on maybe at AMS, and I'm usually not a – big promoter using AMS because most of our water is not hard enough to get a response from it. But I think when it gets really hot and dry, like we're, we're in now, it probably does help some. No, I agree. And, and uh, I think, you know, you never know where the water source. So it's just kind of a fail safe to put it in there just to make sure, I guess it's not hurting yeah. anything other than the, the checkbook a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I and I was going to ask you, too, this is a totally different subject, but it's kind of unique for this year. I haven't had this call yet. Maybe you have, but how I'm getting calls on how you control Extend Flex Volunteer Soybeans and Extend Flex Cotton. <laughs> I've had that call several <laughs> times, Larry, and, and my answer is I don't know. I don't know. clue. None. <laughs> and, and to top it off, some of them are STS. So you're, you know, you're not, you can't even beat them up with Invoke. Uh, uh, yeah, I know some of them are trying to maybe stun them down with Invoke, but uh, I still don't think it's going to kill them. No, nah, I don't think so either. It's going to make them sick. Um, but <laughs> again, that's where a post direct rig might come in handy. <laughs> Exactly. That's about the best thing I can think of too, is a post direct rig. So, uh, but that's and and with extend flex soybeans, that's all we're going to have here shortly. That's not going to be an uncommon question going forward. Well, it's really not. And you know, this year for us, especially this year, because there's a lot of guys growing cotton. Some of them had never grown cotton, and and the field the previous year were beans, just because the cotton price is higher. And so, yeah. Um. So it's a big deal this year. I have gotten several of those calls. Uh, yeah and, I, and i'm like you i have no good answer <laughs> yeah that's the hardest part you know not even having an idea of an answer exactly do no, rig? no do you have a hood rig no well <laughs> pull exactly. them up by hand or chop them out is all i can tell you that, I don't, that's I don't. all i know yeah yeah nobody wants to do it when it's 100 so yeah so i yeah yeah great you know and one of the big thing you know we go back to that antagonism bill and this was on my little uh, part of your tour or whatever, but seeing that grass that you had in those plots, because you, you got a response to the pigweed by increasing the dicamba rates, but also exponentially, you got a response in your grass control as well. And the more dicamba we put out there, the less, or you put out there, it was your plots, the less grass control that you got in those plots uh, with I think y'all use select is what you told me in that case. And I walked some select plots that I sprayed uh, in combination with uh, dicamba, walked them yesterday. And man, and they've only been out for six days, I think. But I, man, I, I <laughs> it wasn't very good at all. It was a lot of green grass in the plot. That was about all that was left was green grass. Yeah. So, Anyway. And I think that's, at least over here, I think that's part of the puzzle on the grass becoming more and more of an issue 
is, and it it goes back to the pigweed and the oxen resistance, but I mean, we did it with Roundup back in the day when Roundup resistance started, you just, you start using higher rates to to try and control them. We did it with Roundup. We're doing it with, with the oxens now uh, trying to control pigweed and it is helping on pigweed, but it's having an inverse (laughs) effect on the grass. It's it's a reason the grass has, has become more and more of an issue over here in Tennessee. Well, it, it definitely is, and it is in our plots, and it is. I see it as I drive down the road. That and nut sedge, the yellow nut sedge, is about to drive me crazy, and that's another one that I, and depending on the situation, don't have a lot of good, good answers yeah. for. Yeah, uh, no, but, yeah. That's a had a great year. But uh, but anyway, well, anything else? Any other key points we've left out that you think is important? You know, the, we're I don't we're not at bloom yet. You know, I think. For the most part, from a cotton standpoint, even for a lot of our beans, we're at least two weeks behind on a lot of this crop. Uh, and we're approaching the midpoint of the season. You know, we in a lot of fields, we've either done it or not. But now we've, we've, we've focused our attention on irrigation. Is there any key points as we're starting to run this water you think we need to let our listeners know uh, as we get into the midseason here? Well, uh, yeah, I, was, I think just – you know, if you're starting to run water, at least over here, we do a lot of overhead. I know you all don't, uh, but, uh, you know, cutting them on and, and uh, especially all these double crop beans we got in now, uh, getting the pre's activated. It also helps get the beans out of the ground when it's so hot. But, uh, you know, I think it's worth running that pivot around uh, the field. Oh, yeah. Um, and, that, and that's something I, that's something back to the fertilizer in caps, you know, the, the herbicide on the fertilizer. You know, I don't know how well the row water is going to work versus the overhead irrigation on, on that type of uh, application, but we're way, we have a lot more row watered acres than we do uh, pivot irrigation acres, I guess. So. Okay. Yeah. We have very little row water over here. It's pretty much all pivot. So that really kind of helps right. with that, putting it on bird, you know, be a fertilizer. Yeah. But either way, yeah. even if it's just giving us some control in the middles, that's that's kind of our recommendation too. You know, before you start all this water, let's get a residual herbicide out because it's been dry so long. Uh, we get we get we've put some nitrogen out, at least in the case of cotton. Uh, uh, you know, we've put the nitrogen out or in beans. Either way, it's been dry. Uh, we flush the water to it. Weeds are fixing to come in in these middles, and I think getting some residual herbicide out, whether it's Zidua or Anthem, you know, depending on what crop we're in, Zidua or Anthem or, or Dual or Warm, I mean, it's going to be important for us to get some residual out ahead of this water because we got a lot of season left and we're not even close to covering the middles with most of our crop right now. Yeah, so. no, we're not either. Like like you, we're, we're, we're two weeks behind too. Um, now, with all this heat, we're starting to catch up, but, uh, and we're two weeks behind by calendar, but I, I the thrips were just terrible. And uh, just couldn't ever keep them off this cotton. And, uh, and you know, I think that's held them back, too. And uh, between the thrips and, and the winter we had through Memorial Day, <laughs> uh, it, it's really got us behind the, where we usually are at this time of year. Well, that's absolutely right. And I talked to several consultants yesterday. They said, you know, the cotton we actually got planted in April is our best cotton. Usually it's obvious. <laughs> usually the May cotton that's the best cotton. But they're like, you know, the cotton we planted in April, it was up. It was growing before that cool snap. Everybody that planted in that cool snap or just after, I mean, it, it's been a struggle. 
And we're like you, the thrips have beat this or just beat it up, eat it to death, and then the winds have thrashed it around. Yeah. We're finally getting good looking leaves on our cotton plants, basically, is where we're at. You could actually tell it's cotton now growing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like cotton for the first time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same and here. I think we're right there turning a corner, but uh, we're easily two weeks behind, if not a little more uh, on yeah. that. So, uh, it's probably going to take a little more residual herbicide to get us through the season. And uh, that's, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for, uh, to this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast. And again, special uh, thanks to my special guest, Dr. Larry Steckel, for joining us. Uh, Larry, it's always a pleasure to visit with you and uh, have you as a guest on our podcast. Appreciate you taking the time this morning. Oh, sure, Tom. Thanks for having me, and thanks again for coming over uh, last week. Oh, yeah, I had a blast. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, we always welcome your feedback or any ideas you have for guests on the podcast to uh, discuss management decisions. Um, again, Larry and I both uh, work for the ex Extension Service, for so we're here to answer your questions, I guess, if you if you have them. But uh, just get in touch with your local agent and uh, local county agent. Larry, anything you want to say before we sign off here? Uh, no, I think, think we're good. This is the Milan no-till year. Last Thursday in, uh, uh, in the month, uh, in month of July, uh, we'll be over at Milan. So that's our next big field day here. All right. So the Milan no-till, it's a big production too. I've been there as well. It's, it's, it's pretty big, right? It's a big to do for everybody, the family, everything, right? Oh gosh. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a pretty big production. It It's yeah. Yeah, it sure is. It's an event. And when did you say that was? It's the last Thursday in the, uh, in, in uh, July okay. every year. And I, I forget what date that is. Off oh, hand, but it's last Thursday in July. Last yeah. Thursday in July. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, everybody should make a note to try to make it overdo that if you haven't been there. That's a, that's a good one as well. So uh, thanks to Larry and thanks for everybody to, uh, for joining us for this week's episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.